potty people. Okay, and- so you don't get the reaction <laughs> <laughs> that I had to do that the first time because I didn't know she was going to say it. And then I was like, like adorably giggling. And then I realized my mic wasn't plugged in. So, but I didn't know she was going to do that. And I was very pleased. I, I love a love a good pun. I, as do I. <laughs> we are back with another episode of We Can Do Pod Things. I'm Emily. And I'm Annalise. And today we are going to talk about the episode featuring the five criticism strategies. There's no special guest on this episode. Well, they're all special, but they're not guests. Uh, This episode features Glennon's sister and Abby. But before we get into that, we've got a quote. Yes. So our quote for the week is from Adam Grant for the second week in a row. Adam has so many valuable things to say, and this week we're going to just for a second muse upon his quote that says, you can't refute data with opinions. The best way to challenge evidence is with better evidence. Confirmation bias is dismissing inconvenient facts. Critical thinking is questioning your beliefs. The goal of learning is to pursue what's true, not defend your views. This is relevant to me in multiple ways, and it's relevant to this episode. But I have been, I think we've talked about it before. Like, I'm, I'm kind of a little worked up about our school board mm-hmm. and um, some of, I think, for it, I think in general, we have a really great school board mm-hmm. and we have a really great school corporation. And people are doing their best. Even the people that I don't agree with and don't like are doing their best. I just think that their best is not makes them not necessarily right for the position that they're in. And we've been talking about what they what one person thinks should be a part of our curriculum, or what added what should parents be allowed to have control over, or just. What is right to be in school and whose values are we are we enforcing in school? And Do you know that at this point there's even a bill that's being pushed statewide that is modeled after the don't say gay bill in Florida? Did you know that it passed the House and is moved mm-hmm. to the Senate? I did know that. Yeah, for our state. Yep. Did you also know that- We're all going to die someday. <laughs> we're all going to die. I haven't fact-checked this. So I need to look into it, but I'm currently looking into something that I was told where there is a there's potentially a bill being talked about where women cannot travel out of state specific to abortion, but I don't know if it's for an abortion or just out of state in general because they could be traveling out of state to get an abortion without their husband's permission. So then what happens to single women? Right. I think you have to get like your father's permission. Okay. So now I don't know if this is true. Uh huh. I really should have looked it up before I started talking about it, but I just kind of remembered it. The fact that we even have to speculate that it might be true. Right. Like is terrible. Is this the onion or right. is this real life? Yeah. Because we can't tell anymore. Yeah. That's frightening. Yes. And in reminding the board that the goal of education is to challenge ourselves Mm -hmm. and grow and those critical thinking skills being so important. The goal of education is not defend your view. Mm -hmm. The goal of education is not how do I prepare myself in order to defend myself better? 
that's not what education is for. We do need a little bit of armor. We do need to learn how to defend ourselves, but that's not the goal of education. Mm -hmm. It's to learn how to think, not what to think. Yes. Yes. Pursue what is true, not defend your views. Mm -hmm. So that's our quote of the week. If you have something to say about it, we want to hear it. You can email us at podthingspodcast at gmail.com. Or you can send us a direct message on Instagram at we can do pod things with underscores. And in case you don't already know this, we say gay here. If you are We say person, gay stuff. If you are a person who feels attacked by these things, just know that we are in your corner. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And I'm not saying this to like generate like messages or anything, but we're here. We are here to hear you. We're here to listen and support. So let us know what's on your mind. And if this is something that you're struggling with, just know that you're not alone and and, and we can we can struggle together. Mm-hmm. Just reach out and tell us. Okay. You ready to get into Let's it? Let's get into it. All right. So the first thing I have written down is where she says, well, she's telling us the categories of criticism. It's looks, relationship, personality, and then... There's two others. It gets a, a little, little hard to follow, muddled. but what I wrote down, like you said, appearance, relationships, personality, and then the next one I wrote was how dare she make money, <laughs> and is this person excited about taking me down a peg? So I have a, a, a point in here where it's, she says the first three are not about the work that I do. The other mm-hmm. two are about the work that I do. So that maybe ties into that a little bit better. But when she talks about looks are the lowest rung of criticism, mm-hmm. it's like the low hanging fruit in comedy. And it's for lazy people. It is, it's like, and that's. If you can't be more creative in your criticism, just miss me. Right. And Abby talks about it it being the, or maybe it's Amanda, about it being the equivalent to like slapstick comedy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like you can always get go back to slapstick. So like you've always, you can always resort to commenting on someone's looks and using that as a reason mm-hmm. to invalidate someone and how true that is. And I, I've gone back and forth about comedy and when you're just comedy where you're making fun of someone Mm -hmm. for like their disability or um, for you're making fun of someone by making them a caricature. Mm -hmm. That's the lowest rung of comedy to me where it's like anyone can make fun of somebody with a speech impediment or some other kind of disability or with a racial stereotype or there are so many other absurd situations in this life. Yeah. You don't have to look very far. You really don't. And like if that is – if you have to resort to that to get a laugh, m- maybe it's time to hone your craft a little mm-hmm. bit and find some stuff that's funnier because I just don't – I don't think a lot – I hope that we're getting to a place where we just don't think that's funny anymore. Mm-hmm. We're smarter than that. We're better than that. We're healthier than that. And we've heard it before. Bring yeah. us something new. Yeah. This isn't – this is nothing new. Mm-hmm. And then she talks about relationship feedback and feedback on our relationships and how do we know when we're, we should be taking this feedback on our relationships. And she says, simply put, feedback about our relationships from someone else other than the person in the relationship 
probably not something that we need to think about. Yeah. I'm going to say leave it in the driveway Mm -hmm. because the whole analogy that she gives is like you go out into the world, you send your work into the world, into the universe, and then you start to receive replies in your mailbox. Mm -hmm. So you go to the end of your driveway and this is the part where you have to decide and be intentional about what you actually bring inside with you Mm -hmm. and what you leave in the recycling can Mm -hmm. in your garage. I think there is one exception to this feedback about relationships from someone else other than the person in the relationship. And that might be in a situation where there is an abusive dynamic. But even then, you're even then, mm-hmm. you can only say so much to someone about their relationship before you start alienating them and putting them off. And then mm-hmm. it, it, it ends up destroying your credibility and potentially damaging your friendship with them. But I do think that there is a place for criticism or feedback about our relationships from someone who's not in that relationship if there's possibly a safety concern. A safety concern. Agreed. That's all I had to say about that. Uh, I just, I wrote down feigned concern. Like I, that it's that whole, I'm so worried about her. Like, God, right? Like, I know she looks like she's killing it Mm -hmm. on the surface, but like, did she spend enough time with her kids? She can't possibly be satisfied in that life. Okay, I'm going to say this. Look at all that weight she's lost. Are Mm -hmm. we sure that she's eating well? Are we sure that it's for a good reason? Mm -hmm. Which then doubles back on the criticism about people's looks. But like, the feigned concern that's girl world to me. That's mm-hmm. mean girls kind of shit. And I and hate just it. as often, I have expanded my Instagram feed very deliberately to include a variety of different bodies. Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you cannot help but see all of the trolls who mm-hmm. show up mm-hmm. saying to someone who they perceive as overweight just because mm-hmm. they are heavier. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just, I'm really worried. This is so bad for you. You're just, you're headed towards, you're going to die young. You're mm-hmm. going to leave your kids behind. What about your family? Don't you care about your children? Right. To me, also, that fame concern reminds me a lot of a lot of the gaslighting that I would experience mm-hmm. within the church of the, um, you seem to be having a really big reaction to this. So maybe you need to take a second and think about why you're so resistant to this. Why is this so upsetting to you? And what kind of heart issues do you have that you need to resolve? Maybe you need to pray about it. Maybe you need to um, have a a, um, a devotion about it. That is giving Nixium vibes right there. Yeah, that is giving narcissist Mm -hmm. vibes. That is giving gaslighting vibes. And I've not really put that together until just now. But Mm -hmm. that's that faking concern because it's easy. It, then I can distract you mm-hmm. and I can challenge you and keep you from challenging me. Right. And listen, there might be sometimes, and she talks about, we talk about this later on, you need your challengers. Mm-hmm. And that's a super fun thing that I've learned about over the last couple years and within a relationship dynamic of realizing like what kind of relationship I really find the most rewarding. Is it? I do like a little spicy. I do mm-hmm. like a little pushback. I do like a little forced, not forced, but like I do like it being asked to walk it back and mm-hmm. think about what you just said and does that align with your values? Right. 
and that is a that is difficult to find in a partner because it is not often in my experience done with love Mm -hmm. you have to find someone who's like on the same vibration as you who can provide that but also provide the safety and security and of and love Mm -hmm. of reinforcing that this is coming from a place of love not because I want to bring you down a notch right and she talks about that a little bit later on too then she talks about feedback that's related to your personality she's too much she's a lot go find less (laughs) I'll say it again go find less there's a poem that I saw on TikTok that the final line is when compared to too little enough is always too much and I I remind myself that a lot as someone who has been accused of being too much and you know I'm here for some feedback on Mm -hmm. you're coming at me like a 10 I can really only receive feedback when it's coming from a seven Mm -hmm. or a six. That's communicating boundaries. That's acceptable. But I'm not going to be. And that's not really. That is openly declaring this isn't necessarily about you. This is about me. Mm -hmm. So it's not even necessarily criticism of you. It's just an explanation from the other person of this is what I allow in my space. You're bringing something that I just can't. Yeah, it's the difference between an ultimatum and a boundary. Mm-hmm. It's not, you can't act like this, right. so you need to change yourself. Right. It's, if you continue to have this, blessings on your day, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be able to participate yeah. until it is at this level. Exactly. And that's the difference between a boundary and an ultimatum. Is, am I, am I about changing you or am I changing the way that I interact with you? I liked at the very top of the episode when she says, we're going to talk about feedback. And then she pauses and she says, is it really even feedback Mm. if nothing was ever sent out to you specifically to reply back to? If I never asked you for your opinion to begin with. It's not coming back to me because I never threw it in your direction Mm -hmm. (laughs) i kind of i kind of like that yeah it's force feed yeah is what they call it there is a i think a space for when we know better we do better Mm -hmm. so i might say something super racist or super um gendered Mm -hmm. or discriminatory and i have not asked for your feedback on it and you might provide it to me anyway going, hey, I don't know if you realized this, but that what you said mm-hmm. can be hurtful to certain populations or whatever, just as FYI. Yeah. That does, that is still a valuable way to learn, but it's that how much weight do I give it? Right. And a lot of this conversation she expresses as being specific to when you're doing a certain type of work. Right. Corporate work versus social media work versus, yeah. Yeah, that's that's such a good point, too, because if I don't ask you for feedback on my Mm -hmm. looks, I don't care what you're going to tell me. Right. I mean, I care what you're going to tell me because if I go out the house thinking I have this real cute hairstyle and you're like, girl, what is going on? But I'm still not going to say anything if you don't ask me. Because what if you're really feeling yourself? What if broccoli in my teeth? Are you going to tell me? I'll tell you about that. But if you have a hairstyle that may not be my aesthetic, <sighs> but 
I'm just that terrified. You feel good about why am I going to shit on it? I don't know because like why, why would I? I don't want to walk around looking like a clown, thinking I'm hot shit when everyone else is like, "Girl, you got gum." But how would you know? in the back of your head. How would you know that anybody? Well, if you have gum in the back of your head, I promise to tell you. <laughs> I can only see myself from certain angles, I guess, is what I'm saying. <laughs> and so, like, if 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 there's, like, something crazy mm-hmm. looking. But if you spent time on this hair, you've seen it from all angles, you gave it a very enthusiastic thumbs up, and you step out your door, and everybody else is like, oh, girl, that's not it. Who cares? But I feel good about it. As long as you don't know See, that they're saying that. These are the challengers. It doesn't. It's as if You're it right. never happened. Fuck it. If a tree falls in the woods <laughs> talking about your hair <laughs> and you're not there to hear it, does it even make a sound? Do we even say fuck you? <laughs> yes. I love it. I love it. So she talks about those three types of, feed, of feedback, of criticism, are not about the work that you do. They're mm-hmm. the, low, the low rungs, right? Then... You start getting this feedback or criticism about the work that you do. And Abby points out when men put work out into the world, people look at the work and say, is this worthy? Mm -hmm. When women put work out into the world, the world looks at the woman and they say, is she worthy of putting this work out? Or said another way, what makes her think She's allowed to Mm -hmm. state her opinion or why should I listen to her or what makes her entitled to this platform, regardless of what the work is that she's putting out. Mm -hmm. Do you have anything further? (laughs) Would you care to elaborate more? You know what? Yes, I do care to elaborate. I I do fucking care. I want to make space for that. This is getting very personal, even more personal than my sex life. Imagine that. But I have, I had gotten some feedback from someone recently that I am a part of a trend in the mental health community of quote unquote white women, but also including people of color who dilute the message of mental health and gatekeep access to mental health by talking about mental health and mental health issues and sounding like I know what's going on when I really don't. I will never understand the logic of the gatekeeping part in particular. I think what this person was trying to say was, (laughs) it's more about them than it was about me. Mm -hmm. I think deep down what this person was saying was, I'm intimidated by listening to people talk about things that I don't understand. Mm Mm-hmm. And because I am intimidated and I am afraid of that, I'm going to stop seeking the truth Mm -hmm. from anyone. Yeah. And that kind of criticism is not about me. It's not. It's about them. And an easier thing to do if there's no other choice, the easier thing to do if you're not willing to hear it is just close yourself off to it, but don't shut down the person who's speaking it. Boundary versus ultimatum. Yeah. If you're going to continue to talk about mental health, I don't think I'm in a place where Mm -hmm. I can participate in that conversation with you. Yeah. 
because I have a specific need Mm -hmm. that I know the person that I'm speaking to has their PhD in psychology Mm -hmm. and is a board certified mental health practitioner and I'm not comfortable listening to anything from anyone else. Blessings on your day. (laughs) Do what you got to do. We've never made it a secret that we're coming to all of this from a place of curiosity. Mm -hmm. We are not here to diagnose anyone with anything. Mm -mm. I'm going to fluff your pillows a little bit here because (laughs) I have something like six weeks left in my coursework. And then once I complete my exam, I will be a licensed mental health counselor. Mm -hmm. And yet, you know about techniques that I hear about for the first time from you. Like, but that just makes it sound like I know what I'm talking about. I don't actually know what I'm talking about, right? Mm. What makes me entitled to say that I know about attachment? What makes is it the fact that I'm entitled to say that you can't or that you don't? You know, Hmm. if the question is entitlement, then you may ask me what makes me entitled to speak on this, but my reflection back to you is, well, what makes you entitled to tell me I can't or I shouldn't? <laughs> oh, yeah. That is uh, – uh, I'm going to sit with that because I have never thought of it that way. Mm-hmm. And that also resembles a lot later on they talk about I feel like the prey. I've never once considered that I'm the predator. Mm, yeah, And Abby being – a little bit more, having a little bit more male privilege in that she's an athlete, she's masculine, she just is treated more like a man, her going, I know I'm the predator. I, I've i always come at this like I'm the predator. So when you give me criticism, like, I, and she talks about when they were talking about what makes you think that you're, that you're qualified to say this, uh-huh. that she would say this to Glennon, like, who are you to tell me that I can can or can't do this, blah, 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 blah. And that's that predator versus prey. I'm blowing my own mind here a yes! little. <laughs> because is it that Abby is quote unquote masculine or is she perceived as masculine because she's not the prey, she's the predator. And we typically draw those lines, whether we're conscious of it or not, mm-hmm. that's how we identify this is the feminine role, this is the masculine role. Who's the predator and who's the prey? Yeah. But because Abby is a predator, she... <laughs> Abby, you're not a predator. <laughs> I would need to walk that back yeah, a little bit. Yeah, we're not... We are not <laughs> official coming at you live from Emily's basement. We are not saying that (laughs) Abby Wambach is any kind of predator. No, we're not. That's such a loaded word. Because she has characteristics of what they call alpha. Mm -hmm. She's assertive. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Does that mean that she's masculine or does that mean that she's a woman who's assertive? Shit. Mm -hmm. I'm so glad that Abby is a voice on this podcast. Yes. Because when Glennon first said... There's something primal about being criticized. It takes you back to this feeling like I'm going to be cut off from the Mm -hmm, herd. I'm mm -hmm. losing connections. I'm going to be cut off from the herd. And that makes me vulnerable to getting picked off. 
And when she said that, I instantly said to myself, yes, she just hit on something that is universal. And And then then Abby (laughs) came along and totally shot that right out of the sky. Yeah. Not saying that that what Glennon was saying was wrong, that it that it but isn't that it's not that. universal. Right. That it's not universal, that there's another perspective mm-hmm. on that. So just because my experience is that yes, I go to a place where I immediately assume I'm a victim, or mm-hmm. I go to a place where I immediately assume that I'm the prey. I receive all criticism with panic. Right. Like that doesn't mean that. I'm wrong and mm-hmm. you're right. That just and that doesn't mean that you're wrong and I'm right. Mm-hmm. It just means there are is another side of that, which is that learned helplessness, sort of like there's a way out. Mm-hmm. There's a whole other script that you can be reading from and maybe utilizing that. Yeah. And without a- Abby pointing it out, I never even would have considered <clears throat> Same. that narrative. Same. Um I think that's why they work well together because mm-hmm. they're they're it's that balance, the yin and yang of the the two sides that that are that's so important in a relationship. I will say it also kind of reminds me of I joined a um women's personal finance group on Facebook to just kind of like women talking about like hey, 401ks mm-hmm. versus Roths versus IRAs versus saving for retirement and college choice plans and just all things financial because you it's it is a it's still unfortunately a highly gendered area mm-hmm. and it's just good to it's not that I don't want to hear from men about finances I've heard from men my entire life about finances and I'm not saying that there's not a place for that but why should you hear exclusively from men exactly I want a more well-rounded experience. Mm-hmm. And so it because it's about finances, it often is also about like professionalism. Mm-hmm. Um, and very quickly, one of the phrases that I started asking myself, questions I started asking myself that I got from this group was, how would a man respond to this situation? A bit loaded because I can't really know mm-hmm. how a man would respond unless I ask a, a sample of hun- do this what family feud style. Mm-hmm. We sampled a hundred men. The, the top five answers are on the board. How would you respond to this? But I can think about how have I seen men? I was going to say you've this. done some field research mm-hmm. just as an observer. What have I seen from men who have been in similar situations, and how can I emulate that? Mm-hmm. And when you do that, you open yourself up to so many more opportunities. Yeah, and it is is more of that. Why am I asking you permission? Mm-hmm. I didn't see this guy come in here and ask you for permission. I didn't see this person come in here and ask you and say, hey, you know, if it's okay, I'd really like to try something new. Nope, fuck that. I'm mm-hmm. not going to do that. I'm going to come in and I'm going to say, hey, I'm going to do this with this. This is the project that we're working on and this is what the direction that I'm going to go in. Right. Clear is kind. Clear is kind. And uh, But then Amanda talks about that being sometimes perceived as being aggressive. Mm-hmm. And when um, a man is is passionate. Driven. When a man, when men are intense, it's seen as passion. When women are intense, it's too uncomfortable. Yeah. It's irrational. I have to share a story from a different podcast, a different episode of this podcast where Glennon was telling a story about – I think it was a bunch of the moms at one of her kids' schools, mm-hmm. and they would 
get together and do things that she was not invited to participate in. And she asked one day, why don't I hear about these things? Mm -hmm. And the reply from one of the moms was, you're just not approachable. Mm. And so Glennon internalized this, had mm-hmm. these big feelings about it. She's talking to Liz Gilbert about it. Oh, God. I have to go back and listen to this. And Liz goes, well, do you want to be approached? <laughs> and Glennon said, no. <laughs> and so Liz said, well, then good job, honey. <laughs> I love that. Like, you don't want to be approached. So you're sending out that energy that – you don't want this interaction and it's being received. Whatever Good job, fucking honey. nonsense those people were yeah. getting up to, she wasn't going to participate in mm-hmm. it anyways. Yeah. When I live in alignment with my most authentic self, the people who value me and all the parts of me mm-hmm. will will come to me. Right. Will be attracted. I will cross paths with the people that I'm meant to be yeah. around who can appreciate my energy. And if these people aren't appreciating my energy, that means they're not the right people for me. Mm -hmm. So I guess in tying that back into what we were just talking about, if my ability to be a woman and assertive is not valued in this workplace, blessings on your day, time to go find a new workplace that is equipped to value my skills. Mm -hmm. If you deserve to be made uncomfortable – and I'm making you comfortable, mm-hmm. I'm doing something that I don't feel good about. Mm-hmm. This does make me a little uncomfortable, though, because it feels a little too much like swinging into the other side of where, like, you, you can't tell me nothing. Yeah. Like, fuck you. Maybe I do, don't, though, deserve mm-hmm. to be a little... How do you know? What's the right kind of hard? I feel like, not always, but typically... If you really go into yourself and your body and you ask yourself, Mm. does accepting and internalizing this bring me closer or further from embodiment, Mm -hmm. that the answer will usually reveal itself. Yeah. And that's, yes, it's the same vibe that I got when thinking about boundaries is this a boundary for me or is this a growing point? Mm -hmm. A growing edge is what Alexander Solomon calls it. And that being tied to a core need versus something that just triggers me or makes me uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and the curiosity required to why does this make me uncomfortable? Just because something makes me uncomfortable doesn't mean it's a boundary. Right. If I really think about it and I really get embodied Mm -hmm. and I think, what is this about? Is this like my part of my core? Does this feel like abandoning something that I really Mm -hmm. need? Or does this just feel scary because I'm having to confront something that I haven't challenged myself in yet? Yeah. I think Amanda says you ask yourself the question, does following this mean abandoning myself? Yes. Yeah, she does say that. She does say that. Um, My capital S self. Mm -hmm. From internal family systems. Mm-hmm. If you haven't listened, please go back and check it out. Um, I <laughs> Going back up to where we were talking about when men are intense, it's seen as passion. And, but I also want to say I put I made a little note here that says gendered work. What So it, the work is gendered. What about non-binary folks? Mm-hmm. 
And I, I don't really know enough about that to be able to speak on it, but I don't want to not acknowledge that like, that is a whole other separate, potentially, maybe not separate, but its own branch Mm -hmm. of nuance and difficulty in criticism and feedback. I wonder if the encounter there is people expect you to do both and neither at the same time. Yeah. Oh, and you know what? I want to go back and tie up what we were talking about with the what makes you entitled to have an opinion. Mm -hmm. I'm not forcing anyone to be here except for maybe you. And even then, like, you want to be here. I mean, it's my house. (laughs) (laughs) I live here. (laughs) I'm forcing you to participate by coming into your house. But your husband let me in the front door. But if there was going to be a hostage situation, I literally have you in a room in our basement and I'm blocking the door. That's true. It's true. You are sitting between me and the door now. So if anyone's here by force, right. really, who is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I am, as a human being, entitled to think out loud. Mm-hmm. And I'm not here saying I am the authority on anything. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying take advantage of my external processing if you want. Yeah. If you don't want, bye. That is perfectly acceptable. Not a blessings on your day kind of situation. Not a not a snide like whatever. Uh-huh. That's fine. This is not a place for you. And that's okay. There is a place for you somewhere. What do you want to say? Because I know you want to say well, yes and. I'm working it, no, I'm working it out in my head and I'm taking a couple steps forward, but then withdrawing a couple steps. That's very balanced of you. Well, I was thinking, would it be fair to say that all feedback, and this is where I should have known right away that I was missing the mark because nothing applies to everything. Mm. There are exceptions to every rule out there. Is it mostly true that feedback can almost always be expressed better as boundary of mine than an expectation that I have of you and your behavior. Say more about that. Like if somebody has an opinion about you, about your work, about whatever it is, could it almost always just be expressed to you as I need to come to you and let you know that this sat with me Mm. in some type of way Mm -hmm. and I'm trying to figure that out or I'm deciding what that means for my relationship to you. I don't think that works though in a, in a professional environment. Well, I beg to differ because Amanda said, is this about me Mm -hmm. or is this about you? Are you really punishing me for violating a boundary or does my existence challenge your comfort? Yeah. That is a summary of what she said. It's not a direct quote, but that was Mm -hmm. my squeezing it all in to a statement. And and she is the corporate person. Yeah. Right? Like is what yours is the feedback that you're giving me actually about the product Mm -hmm. that I'm putting out? Or is it about how the my pro the product that I'm putting out makes you uncomfortable? Yeah. And there are those are the people who the only way that you can satisfy mm-hmm. them is to shut up and go away. Yeah. 
So maybe what I'm circling that I'm still not ready to land on completely, not with two feet, Mm -hmm. is that when in a personal relationship with Mm -hmm. someone, Mm -hmm. friendship, family, spouse, could that feedback almost always be communicated as, I recognize this thing. I think I recognize this thing about you. I'm not here to tell you that that's even real. It's just my perception. The story I'm telling myself. Yes. And this is what I am deciding to do with that information. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yes. Even we talked about like if someone is in a concerning, potentially a domestic Mm -hmm. violence situation is quote unquote better way to handle that to say to that person, I don't know if I'm allowed to say this to you, but I have some real discomfort around the things that I'm seeing in your relationship. I'm not a part of your, I don't live in your relationship, Mm -hmm. but watching this is something that I can't do. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Boundary versus an ultimatum. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I'm, for example, I'm here as a support, but I don't want to be around you and your partner when you're together. I don't want to be in a room with the two of you, mm -hmm. but I want you to always reach out to me when you need me. Yeah. And if that can be more about the feedback of like, what makes you think you're allowed to say this kind of thing instead of that saying, when you speak on this sort of stuff. Mm -hmm. Without making an assessment of whether or not you're right or wrong. Yeah. It makes me feel a certain kind. Mm-hmm. I feel a certain kind of way as a result yeah. of the what you're saying. And so I need to work on figuring that out myself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think that's the healthy yeah. way of saying that. I think that, um, that healthy is the goal. But then again, some people are still just taking baby steps. Mm-hmm. And understanding if you are not in a place where you can come with me, come with me, come to mm-hmm. me with that kind of feedback, then mind your own body, mm. mind your own tools, do your own work. Yeah. And come back to me when you can say it in a way that is respectful, which is a great tie-in to initially her Glennon saying, if the feedback is not kind, I don't need to listen to it. And I immediately was like, I don't know about that. Mm-hmm. Record scratch. Right. You may ask yourself how I got here. <laughs> and because it, with, sometimes feedback isn't kind. Mm-hmm. And, and they kind of, they, they wrestled with that a little bit as they talked. And Glennon kind of refined, refined and zeroed back in. And I'm so, so glad that she did. Because it's not necessarily so much about it being kind. It's about how you say it. And... If you're excited to bring me down a notch, if you're telling me this information because you enjoy seeing my failing Mm -hmm. versus are you telling me this because you want me to grow and there's no inherent pleasure in it for you to bring me this information. Do you delight in my failure or are you an ally to my success? Yes, yes. So it's more, it's more about, it's not so much, is it kind? Is that, is it, is it respectful? Are you Mm -hmm. saying it to me in a way that is respectful? I'm not responsible for, I'm responsible for holding you accountable Mm -hmm. in a way that is respectful. I'm not responsible for the way that you respond to it. It's, it's a piece of that. Mm -hmm. It's the, 
I am willing to listen to what you have to say to hold me accountable, but I'm only able to take in that information Mm -hmm. if you can do it in a way that is respecting both of us. Right. Because we can't say this enough. The purpose of this episode was not to say you don't have to take in a bit of criticism. You're wonderful and perfect. And what do they know? Right. The purpose was to identify the quality feedback so that you have more time and energy to spend on that. If you're using up all of your time and energy on feedback that's garbage, yes. then not only are you using up all your time and en- energy on garbage feedback, you're not using any of your time and energy on quality feedback. Yeah. And then you're not growing. Mm-hmm. And uh, they talk about that um, when you are – it was a it was a thing. That was literally a thing I wrote down and now I can't find it. It's fine. Okay. I couldn't find it. It's fine. But that's, that's a th- – something that she talks about is like in the corporate world, you can't, it doesn't necessarily mean the same thing as like, you can't not focus on the criticism because sometimes you do have to take in the criticism. I think she was saying the data would support that there are two kinds of conflict. Yeah. It's right here. Constructive and destructive conflict. Yes. And you spend all your energy fighting the people pushing back or explaining yourself and not in continuing your own work. Mm -hmm. So, that's not great. Right. <laughs> and don't do that. Right. And then, but then you have to evaluate where are, are we, who has earned the privilege mm-hmm. of me listening to them? Right. Can we please talk about why I have written in my notes, leave Olivia Rodrigo alone? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I, I adore her. Mm-hmm. I really do. And I, but I also, and and also, mm-hmm. I I hear your concerns about as is complicated it really feelings yeah. about Olivia and about Taylor because I can't decide if it's fair to publicly drag someone in mm-hmm. a song. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because and I think that's a valid question, and I don't have an answer for that. Yeah, I don't think there is one. This is something that I just sit with, and that's good. I think mm-hmm. that's good. That's the questioning. That's the the lack of echo chamber. I also, I, the way that I think about that is that she is still very much a child. Mm -hmm. And maybe it says a little bit more about my own emotional maturity that I vibe so fucking hard with a song (laughs) written by a 16, 17, 18 year old. But at the same time, it vibes because it's true and it's authentic. Right. Well, and it's always hard when a story doesn't belong to one person. It belongs to two people. So what are their freedoms and responsibilities when it comes to the telling of that story? Yeah. We're talking about ethics here Mm -hmm. for in a world where part of the reason why things become so popular is because it can be grasped by one person and then immediately spread like wildfire across a platform. I I think people are drawn to her vulnerability. Yeah. And, and relatability. I think that's genuine. And I think that's a beautiful thing. But vulnerability at the expense mm-hmm. of another person mm-hmm. is something to consider. Mm-hmm. It's almost exploitation. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched this documentary about the hatchet wielding hitchhiker. 
yeah, what is that? Um, I keep seeing it, but surprisingly, you don't remember this happening. No, I kind of I don't. don't really either. This guy, it, it was in the early 2010s, mm-hmm. and social media and Twitter and YouTube and all that were like the. It was like the height of. It was before um, TikTok and all that, mm-hmm. but it was like the height of viral videoness. And celebrity culture, uh-huh. keeping up with the Kardashians and all that. And this guy went viral for an interview that he did where he was he saved this lady from being um, potentially killed by using his hatchet and like hitting the guy in the head with the hat. He didn't kill him. He used the blunt side of the hatchet. I think two. So times. a lady was being attacked, and he he happened upon the situation and uh, disarmed this person. Correct. Yes, with his hatchet. Okay. Right. And then he became this viral sensation, and so everybody was like, they had they had producers from who had worked on Keeping Up with the Kardashians. Mm-hmm. They had producers like trying to track him down and like find Seacrest? him. <laughs> I think he was the executive producer. It was it was it was not Ryan Seacrest, but it was somebody within that realm Mm -hmm. that were trying to find this guy to capitalize on like, Hey, he's got a voice. He's got, you know, a story. Mm -hmm. This is, um, there's so many compelling things about him that we want to highlight. Yeah. But then also no real vetting process Mm. behind it or no real, like, what are your needs that can be met to make sure that this is a safe thing for mm-hmm. you to participate in. Because that wasn't really a concern at that time. And then when we know better, we do better. And I'm not saying that these were like terrible people for like, and that they were trying to exploit him. Well, and this is always, this is the true crime dilemma. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, are you here for the gore or are you uh, here for the justice? Yeah. And yeah. And, and the answer is probably both. Right. It's very rarely is it one thing. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes it so difficult to unwrap, yeah. like the Nixium stuff. There's mm-hmm. a grain of truth and value in some of the shit that people say that makes it so dangerous. Mm-hmm. But um, I, that it reminds me of that. It's the, it's the ethical consumption of vulnerability. Right. And if you're not ethical about it and you're not – cautious, Mm -hmm. then it can very quickly turn into a situation that doesn't align with your values and has a lot of unintended consequences Mm -hmm. that could be really harmful and and or fatal to other people. But I do love me some Olivia Rodrigo. That is fair. So, um, and I liked how the whole reason that this came up was because Glennon's daughter was at a sleepover where they were, they were being maybe a little critical Mm -hmm. of her and saying like oh she's too young or she got too popular too fast and and does she even deserve this and that whole rigmarole Mm -hmm. of women tearing down other women and how we're trained to do it oh yeah that's something we haven't even talked about like Mm -hmm. this stuff doesn't just come from men from men in the direction of women a lot of times the most brutal commentary and criticism comes from women to other women. The misogyny is coming from inside it the is. house. Yeah, it's at your sleepovers. Mm-hmm. It's at your it's at your track meets yep. and you're in the locker rooms of the girls locker mm-hmm. room. Like it or it's so it comes from everywhere. 
and how much easier the light that world is when we're engaging in one of two types of conflict, constructive rather than destructive. Mm -hmm. Because some people see all conflict as problematic and mean. And that is a direct quote from Amanda. And we know that that's not true. Yeah. Because without conflict, there is no growth. Mm -hmm. Literally, if you think about a seed and how a seed germinates, the inner part of the seed, and I don't rem- I only got a B plus in my horticulture what class, not an A plus. Qualified. Are you a gardener? <sighs> I mean, I took a class. <laughs> I did pay Purdue some money to teach me this stuff. Why are you worthy yeah. to talk about the germination process? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Listen to what I have to say, and you can decide at the end whether or not it's proper. <laughs> Um, I mean, you think about a seed though, right? Like what's inside as it germinates, it has to push against the shell Mm -hmm. and conflict with the shell to break apart the shell, to get out, to start to form roots, to start to create a shoot and, and keep growing. Mm -hmm. There has to be conflict. So which kind of conflict is the right kind of conflict? Yeah. The constructive kind that is as a team, we're working on this problem together Mm -hmm. because it it gets us all closer to our goal versus destructive. And I'm tearing you down because your existence challenges my comfort. And that being like, not, that's not a reason why I need to take your opinion. Yeah. If my, and that, that's the whole, like, you can have your opinion. Mm -hmm. That's fine. You can have your opinion, but you don't need to bring it in my direction, right. even if you think it's about me. Because it says more about you. Are you punishing, punishing me for violating a boundary or does my existence challenge your comfort? Mm-hmm. Because the ones who are just the destructive criticism, the kind that is meant to tear you down and cut you into smaller pieces is not to build you back up mm-hmm. because that's not the same thing. That's not constructive. It's destructive. Right. Conflict. It's the... I don't like the way that your existence and your truth challenges my truth and requires me to get uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And instead of sitting with that myself and getting curious about that myself, I'm just immediately going to say, you can't do that. Mm -hmm. You can't say that. You can't exist like that because it makes me uncomfortable. That is the destructive criticism. Can we talk about the witch burning? Yes. Yes. I thought about that when we just touched briefly on how a lot of this is women bringing down other women. And she says, it's not just about the burning of that one witch. Mm. They want the other women to see that you're burning this witch so that they know I better stay in my place. Yeah, it's the scapegoat. Mm -hmm. It's the, this could very easily be you. So do you have a heart issue Mm -hmm. that you need to work on? You sure you want to talk about that? Are you sure you want to make a big deal out of that? You want to pick this battle? Mm -hmm. It's power. It's control by power. Yeah. And it's icky. It's icky. And that's the that's the clinical technical term. Um, yes, this is coming from your future at LMHC. Yep. Um, and it's the kind of icky that, when you think about it, is that abandoning 
yourself versus the challenging. Mm -hmm. That's an abandonment versus a growing edge. And when I said earlier, like, if you're in a group of people who deserve to be made uncomfortable and you are conforming in a way that makes them comfortable, maybe that's an opportunity for self-reflection. This is fitting in versus belonging. Mm -hmm. Do I, am I celebrated for being me or am I celebrated for being more like you? Yeah. Am I cutting myself down in smaller pieces to become more digestible to you? (coughs) Or are you learning how to chew Mm -hmm. with your mouth closed? (laughs) (laughs) Ask me if I have any final thoughts. Emily, do you have any final thoughts? No. Ah! (laughs) I'm joking. I really do. I really do. I want to mention the Hillary Clinton staffer. Mm. Because Hillary, as we know, was attacked left, right, and sideways Mm -hmm. very often about her appearance, Mm -hmm. very often about her private relationships. And the response of her staffer to one of these folks who had all this to say about her is, point me in the direction of a woman who got this right Mm -hmm. so that we might know who to model after. Show me somebody who has gotten this right. When we know better, we do better. So help Spoiler us know. alert, there's no one. There wasn't anyone. Because the game is rigged. Mm-hmm. There is no getting it right. Mm-hmm. It's not personal, mm-hmm. which is my final thought. Yeah. You know what it never was? That's serious. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. What there's The criticism that I get, whether it's constructive destructive. Mm-hmm. It is not a personal attack on me. Yeah. It hasn't it is not inherently tied to my value, my my worth, which is the same thing as value, mm-hmm. how much love I'm I deserve, how much love I'm capable of giving. It's not personal. The truth is the deepest and truest part of myself, yourself, any of us is untouchable to anyone outside of us. Yeah. Hell, I can't even always access it. And I'm living here, you guys. <laughs> it's a locked room in the house that I bought seven years ago and I still don't know how to get in. So, I mean, nobody can touch that capital S mm. self yes. because it is inaccessible to them. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. Mm-hmm. And when you can hear feedback from someone and or, or provide feedback to someone... In a way where you're just like, just the facts. Mm-hmm. It's not personal. It, you're the, it never was that serious. Mm-hmm. Your life becomes a lot easier. At least I have found that some parts of my life get a little bit easier when I'm able to remember it's not personal. Yeah. And to those people who are able to give us the kind of feedback that helps us grow and nourishes us, even when it's hard to say, truly, blessings on your day. All of the blessings. Mm -hmm. You are incredibly important to us, Mm -hmm. individually and as a collective. So thank you guys so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode, or we hope that it maybe rubbed you a little bit the wrong way in the best ways. (laughs) That sounds dirty. (laughs) Of course it does. Hi, have you met me? 
we value you guys a lot. And thank you again for listening. I'm Annalise. I'm Emily. And this has been We Can Do Pod Things.